The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! <laughs> Dave! Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They have 136 beers, they have hard liquor, and if you watch LSU, you will need all of them. Uh, I would suggest something off the menu, something light, like the duck braised nachos, and then a fifth of whatever they have. Uh, to watch LSU t- uh, Saturday at 6.30. I'm going to guess that the Saints game was a huge win for that bar, going to overtime, finishing like that. Uh, I'm guessing their Sunday numbers were pretty strong. Yeah, I'm guessing their Saturday numbers were horrible at about 8 o'clock as people just emptied out. Or maybe LSU people, we, we like to drink, so we just stay and just drown our sorrows. But the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you should support them because they support us. All right. They have anything other than duck braised nachos? I don't know. I've been there <laughs> once. That's what I ate. Great burger. They have a great burger. Yeah. You know. Um, the Saints are 2-3, and three, thank God. Uh, it got really dark and despair when it was 31 to 20 and I said in my column that Pierre Thomas saved the season it was code blue and he revived it back to life um Dave it's been a couple of days has the euphoria worn off has it it, did Sunday change your opinion on the Saints about anything what's your feelings on it Uh, I mean I I I'd say the euphoria is worn off. I mean, it's this wasn't uh, the NFC Championship game or anything like that, but uh, it certainly was the most exciting game I've been to in the Superdome in a while. That crowd was kind of dead and like turning on the Saints a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't any booing, but I mean, yeah, they really did. There was booing. There was booing. On the there pick was. six. Yeah, at the pick six. Oh, uh, I, I guess I was, like, just too in shock to even <laughs> hear. Um, you know, I, I mean, yeah, really, it didn't get loud until uh, that series where they got the safety, which was incredible. And, I mean, it was really loud. I mean, it, it was about as loud as I feel like I've ever I've heard it in a long time. Uh, which is disappointing because, I mean, on the one hand, it's that's good, and you you know you want to hear that, but on the other hand, and I tweeted this, I mean, I, I feel like if you can be that loud every time, I mean, you really should be that loud on every on every third down, you know, on every defensive series. Yeah, but they truck people in the dome, and people just kind of get bored. Like when it's like when it's thirty-five to seven, you're like, I don't need to be like super loud on third. Okay, night. well, it was never thirty-five to seven yeah. at any point yeah. last Sunday, so that wasn't an issue, but um. You know, so I'm not I'm not euphoric now. Three days, uh, three days after the game, but it was a good win. Um, you know, I think I commented on Canal Street Chronicles. I mean, I, I would say, you know, even though it was an ugly game, you know, it wasn't a pretty win. But anytime you can overcome yeah, three Drew Brees interceptions, including a pick six, have they ever? Still, when was the last time they did that? Trip? I don't I don't know if they ever have. I mean, you know, I, I'm thinking about the Cleveland game. That was they got blown out. Um, you know, I, I feel like when Drew plays that poorly, they usually lose the game. The Rams um, game last year oh, in yeah. St. Louis. They, so, I think they've won twice before that. Yesterday they had they had won twice when he throws three interceptions. I couldn't remember the game. Fun stat: he threw three interceptions against Tampa. That's more interceptions than he had in his previous nine games in the Superdome combined. 
Really, wow. wow, that's that's crazy. Well, like I said, I mean, the good news is they they got a, they got away with a win. Uh, you know, I would say that that's uh, that should say a little bit or a lot about the, you know the composure of this team and the makeup of the team. Uh, you know, so it's always good to see that. Me personally, um, so so the first game against Minnesota, there was a young woman sitting in front of me, and I thought that she might have been a player's wife because at the end of the game she put on like a special wristband and she had a large purse but it wasn't clear so it was like obvious that she wasn't really going entering the superdome through the normal entrance and so i was and where i sit i mean that's not uncommon to have like player families in in the area and so i was kind of wondering if that was you know somebody's wife or something like that and so she was sitting in front of us again today i guess that's her regular seat and she was with an older woman and um and you can kind of tell like she doesn't really like get into the game as like a regular fan and when a player takes a big hit she kind of like cringes that's always the sure sign that it's you know some that they're related to somebody on the field so who is um, it so it was so we finally put it together and it was it's uh it was Ben Watson's wife and it was Ben Watson's mother i believe that oh. that she was sitting next to my wife went to high school with her Oh really? They they were actually on the track team together. Where now? Where is your wife from? Baton Rouge. Oh okay. Oh, yeah, Ben Watson's know. wife is from Baton Rouge. Oh yeah, I did not. Mm. She's very she's very attractive, by the way. Yes. Uh, um, and uh, so. Affirmative. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I don't know if you guys have you know you can't you can't say you can't really say what you want to say about a player or something like that if if you know that their family is sitting right in front of you and i mean i you know i don't really say crazy things and i don't really stick my foot in my mouth but i mean sometimes you know you might want to say you know that sucked or whatever you know that was a shitty catch or blah blah blah. and there was that point late in the game when watson dropped that pass and i kind of wanted to like just be like i can't believe it but i had to keep my mouth shut because i didn't (laughs) want to turn around and give me the evil eye and be like you know you're an asshole and he actually wound up redeeming himself, and he caught that third and ten. Uh, that wound up kept that which was that which alive. was freaking huge. By it the way, it was it was absolutely huge. Um, but it was just funny if you know if, if you're one of those crazy fans who really gets into it and has a mouth like a sailor and who uh, you know doesn't give a shit about <laughs> about what you say. I do not suggest sitting anywhere near somebody who's related to any of the players, but it's funny. So I, I don't know. I may, uh, Dude, does, does she have any kids with her, Dave? She did. I know they have four kids. Or they have, kids. yeah, I think they, they might have more kids than the breezes. Yeah. Uh, Damn. No, there, no, there were no kids, but it was funny because Ben Watson's mother, she just like, and, and again, we were just talking about how it really wasn't that loud. And, you know, even at the beginning of the game, his mother just like kept covering her ears because she just thought it was so loud. And I'm like, this is nothing lady. <laughs> Um, and when, and, and when Kyrie did you tell Robinson, her that? No, but when Kyrie Robinson ran into the end zone, she did turn around and high five me because she she knew that I was like you know into it or whatever. But it was funny because me and the and the girls that sit behind me, you know, when Watson dropped that pass, you know, we were like, oh, that's okay, good try, Ben, good try. We were. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really laying it on really thick. God! <laughs> oh, you are the worst! No, I mean, I'm kidding. It was funny. Mm. Um, so I don't know. And if, but those, if those you should have undressed his wife and mother. You should have, like, verbally berated them. 
and no. said, what are you doing to help contribute? No, but uh, I'm, I think those are regular seats. So, you know, maybe we'll uh, see them all throughout the season. You know, maybe. Ooh, we'll maybe you can proposition them on T-shirts. Yeah, maybe. He, he did. He, he came over after the game and, and gave each of them a kiss before he went into the locker room. So. Not for you? Not for me. Not for me. Damn I told it. him good game, but I didn't yeah. get a kiss. All right. Andrew, uh, I'm going to steal this. We were talking about this before, before the uh, podcast started, but I'm going to steal it and act like I thought of it. Why isn't Drew Brees kicking more ass with this <laughs> Saints running game being as great as it is? Yeah, I mean, you look at not only the running game, but the offensive line as a whole is, I think, so much better than last year. I mean, it's not even close. You know, the the offensive line is pass protecting well. They're run blocking. They're dominating. Uh, the running game is going for 150 a, a, a game each week. It's crazy. Um, this is the best running game and maybe offensive line they've had in in five in in eight years or nine years with Sean Payton. So, uh, and you've got a two and three record to show for it. That just shows how bad the defense is, I guess. But, um, yeah, Breeze is, is – I don't want to say he's in a slump, but he's um, – well, I guess I'll say it. Yeah, I mean, he, he's still efficient. He's still completing 70% of his passes. I think on the short intermediary throws, you know, he, he's making mostly the right decisions and he's getting the ball in the right place and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's it's the shots downfield that he, aren't working he, out. He's do, yeah, he's doing that – the Drew Brees special of let me turn a bad play into a catastrophe. <laughs> well, I feel like he got away with that. I remember yeah. the, it was like a year or two ago, and he's pulled it off twice where he's getting sacked, and he throws that little shovel pass to a guy that's crossing over the middle of the field, and they pick up a first down. And he's pulled that off a couple times now, so now he thinks he can get away with it. Yeah. And the problem is every time he's getting sacked, now he tries to do that. And, yeah. yeah, he just needs to take the sack. I mean, enough is enough with that. But, Kevin, I feel like the, the whole Drew Brees in decline, he can't throw it deep anymore. I feel like people are forgetting people are forgetting the fact that he does this a couple times a year where he just goes on an interception binge for a couple of weeks. He did it in 06. He, did, he does it every year where he has – Probably like he'll have like a three-week stretch and he'll be shitty two of the three weeks. Well, two, two, but Ralph, two of the three interceptions were him getting hit and trying to get rid of the ball. That's a completely separate issue yeah. in my mind than his ability to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, but uh, Kevin, he's in decline, Ralph. He's in <laughs> decline. It's not even a steady decline. It's a steep decline. Oh, I'm and not saying. I'm not, right now. I'm not saying. I'm not saying I don't agree with the coaching staff because they can't manage the team and we just need to just dynamite the whole thing and just start over from scratch. We need to just just take the bill. We need to take the Bill Belichick way of doing things and trade Drew Brees for nine sixth round picks. (laughs) We need to ride Ryan Griffin and he's going to take us forward. You sound a lot like Donald Trump. I like defiant. I like <laughs> I, I I like belligerent message board Kevin. We're gonna have to bring him back. Yeah, it's, I'm 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 adding new characters this season. Oh, I like it. You're a regular. You're turning into Frank. I Kevin. Kinda, I, miss, I miss Sir Kevin. We need to bring him back soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe next week he can he can predict the Lions because they wear pretty silver uniforms. Uh, <laughs> Kevin. Do, do you, do do you see, uh, do you see besides? He doesn't see anything. He doesn't even watch the games. <laughs> I did watch the games. Thank you. Uh, no, Kevin. One last question. Robert Meacham. We love him. The Meacham around. He's done a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's looks, yeah, it's bad. Looks like it's a bad. I love the guy, but he looks like a corpse. Bad. Sucks. Yeah, bad. Rob, Robert, we, somebody has to, somebody has to, uh, somebody has to get Robert in a car and maybe take him to a farm upstate <laughs> where he can hang out with all the other old wide receivers. You know, I mean, look, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying somebody needs to reenact, uh, the last, uh, the last few pages of, of Mice and Men here, but, uh. <laughs> and maybe 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 Robert Meacham needs to look at the Mississippi and talk about rabbits. I don't know. But but he's like he's not fast and the thing is like he didn't he can't he doesn't have like explosiveness to like go get the ball. Like he just 
he uh, he's just like it's not good. We've said that. What? Why are they? Why are you remind? Why are you reminding me of sad things? <laughs> have you guys? Have, have you guys like How noticed that? Or Nick Toon and Joe Morgan in practice if Maybe they can't they get Robert Meacham off the field? I mean, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that or it's just like you know Meacham's blocking ability. I don't know if they just feel like Meacham's really more there, you know, because he can line up and block for those. No, 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 no. no. My, whatever, whatever, Dave. I, that's fine. But then why are why are, are we carrying six receivers on the roster? Why does the 53-man roster have six receivers on it, two of which are inactive every week? It doesn't make any sense. Like, drop one of them. Cut Nick Toon. He should be cut right now. They've got five healthy receivers on the team. He serves no purpose. None. What would you, what would you do with the extra roster spot? I mean, you could have kept Champ Bailey. You could have kept Kyrie Ford. How about a return your fourth round pick that you just cut, you could pick up Courtney Roby, who just got cut by the Falcons to help you with special teams. You, I don't, I don't know. You could think of a bunch of different positions that would actually help you on game day. Kick returner. Trendon Holiday, he's available. <laughs> Wait, have we noticed? Have we noticed how Robert Meacham likes to just slide when he catches the ball? Like even if yeah. there's nobody even near him, he just likes to just do a little. S- Slide into third base. Doesn't him doesn't him sliding necessitate him actually catching a pass? When's the last time he's done that? Well, there was like one there was like one catch or or non catch on Sunday where he like slid like ten feet too early and the ball like went over his head and I was like this is this was bizarre it was a very bizarre. Well, Robert Meacham does take his soup at four (laughs) thirty. That's what I'm saying. Andrew, the Saints signed a tight end that I don't, nev- I've never heard of. He is one ugly motherfucker too. <laughs> Crabtree. <laughs> they signed Tom a- Crabtree. He, he's a mouth breather for they sure. They signed a tight end. <laughs> uh, I well, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> they signed a tight end, and I'm guessing you're gonna ask me how concerned should we be about Jimmy Graham? Yes. Uh, oh, he's going on IR tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think he's going on IR, but uh, I, I, I think that's a real clear sign that he will miss the, the Detroit game. Um, if they're if they're bringing in a third tight end, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good sign that now unless Austin Johnson got injured and we we don't know and you know maybe he's a backup fullback or something, but um, no, I, I think it's a bad sign for Jimmy Graham. I, I don't think Jimmy Graham's out for the year because if he was, I think. Yeah, I think they would have put him on IR now. You know, there's no reason to, to hold that back. But I, I think the biggest concern is you watch that whole game unfold. So Graham kind of goes back in after the injury. He plays a little bit. Clearly, he's compromised. So then he goes to the locker room and they kind of say, yeah, he's probable to return. He's just going in for x-rays and he's probable. And obviously something happened in the locker room, something they saw on the x-ray, because immediately they were like, actually, he's not coming back. And Sean Payton didn't really reveal much, but he was just saying we were being smart. And to me, that says, you know, they saw something. Yeah, they they couldn't afford to be smart. They were one in three and losing. Yeah, they exactly. Like if they exactly. if they'd have been if they'd have been like four and zero oh or three and one, then you could be like, eh, I could buy it. They didn't. They couldn't. They didn't. They didn't have any room to be smart uh, on Sunday with Jim. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where you know if it's it's like oh it's a, just a strain and then it's just pain management. That's different from uh, there's something structurally wrong, and if you go well, back ask, there, you can make it worse. Let me ask you this, Andrew. Wouldn't the Saints, if they knew he was going to be out for a really long stretch or, God forbid, IR, wouldn't they wait until the last possible moment to try to get an advantage against Detroit? Yes, that's what I think. I think they would wait, which is why I think you could still see him go on IR. I think they wait as long. They don't want to put him on IR now because they want Detroit to game plan for him. And to think that he's going to play. But what, possi- what possible injury could he have that would Who put him knows? on IR? I, I mean, people that with torn ACLs walk off the field, and then the next day you're like, he's tore his ACL. He's not going to be gone a year. Yeah, but and this is like, oh, obviously shit, this is obviously a shoulder or an arm issue. I mean, you know, I, I think I think he's he's probably either got a broken collarbone, which you know we've seen Colston come back from pretty quickly, or hyperbaric you know, chamber. Colston sleeps in the hyperbaric chamber. Well, maybe Jimmy Graham needs to start doing that. All right. Well, this goes to my point, my next question, Kevin. The Saints in 2014 have had the shittiest fucking luck. Graham is hurt. 
Jairus Bird gets injured in practice, is out for the year. Oh, by the way, they spent $54 million on him. Oh, um, by the way, he injured it while making a one-handed interception, something he's never done during an actual game. Um, Jesus Christ. Kevin, can you? when was the last time the Saints had this crappy of luck? In the, it's hard. It's hard for me to. Remember. Uh, I'd say maybe one month after the conclusion of the 2011 NFL. <laughs> that's not. I mean, that's not really. I mean, <laughs> that's shitty circumstance. But I wouldn't exactly call that bad luck. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was a little bit, but I don't know. Do you guys consider what happened with Bounty Gate bad luck? I mean, I was thinking more like injuries and no teams missing field goals against them. And I mean, but I'm. I mean, I think they had a lot of bad luck the year they won the playoff game in St. Louis, uh, or in New Orleans against St. Louis, that which uh, Kevin created an entire blog about. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that year I remember Ricky like, Williams went down. You know, Chad Morton was their starter. Uh, oh, Jeff Blake I, went down. Aaron Brooks had I forgot to come about in. That. Andrew, they had the the, the most uh, the most catastrophic day in the history of the Saints in the preseason. They lost. Cam Cleveland, Steve Israel, and Rob Kelly all in a five-play stretch. Yeah, yeah. So they had a ton of injuries. I think Joe Horn went down in the playoffs, and they were down to yep. Willie Jackson and a bag of beans. Yeah. Um, so, Quinn Early. Yeah. No, Quinn Early was way before then. Oh, that's before. a long time ago. That's 14 years ago. What about 07? Yeah. Deuce got injured, and then were, were there other injuries in 07? I don't remember. Yeah, 07. Because 07 was a pretty shitty year. Yeah, Deuce, Deuce got injured on a Monday night. Yeah, against Tennessee. That was the worst. That year was bad. But, I mean, um, Andrew, the cap with this, the cap with Jairus Bird, um, if he doesn't come back next year and is not what they thought they were getting, how screwed are they, sort of? I haven't even looked at the the numbers. It's been so depressing. I I, ref, I mean, I, at some point, it's a You're good like, question. You're like the Rob Ryan chart of defense. I'm like, fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, well, you know, at some point, I need to dig into that and find out because it's a really good question. But you know, I mean, I just have to say, Bird was such a disappointment through four games, and clearly, he was still kind of making his way back, getting his sea legs, you know, from that back surgery that he. You know, he I, he was just rusty, and we never even got a chance to see what he really I mean, he's got brought a, to the, the table. The thing is, he had a track record. It wasn't like he was for Buffalo where he was mediocre for three years and had one great year. I mean, he had a track record of being really good for four years. So for him to be go, go from being really good for four years and then bad, I just I, – I find that hard to fathom, and I think – the Saints would have figured it out with him, and he he would... had a track record of being injury prone too, from he what did. I gathered. Because when did. I went over to when I went over to the Buffalo website after he was put on IR, I would say eighty percent of the comments were like, "Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, glad we got rid of him when we did." Blah blah. blah. I mean, it was they, they had, were, none, none of those people were surprised. At he had all. a he had a he had a he had foot issues at Buffalo where he missed. Yeah. I just got the impression like they were kind of fed up with all the bullshit they had to deal with with his injuries, and they were like happy. That it was yeah. our problem now. I mean, that's. I mean, the Saints actually, Andrew, they've been pretty lucky as far as giving out big time contracts and not having them blow up in their face. I mean, you were looking like they they tried to sign Ron Bartel from the Rams. Oh yeah. He turned them down, became an injury mess. They went on to Jabari Greer. That's a home run. Um, you know, they yeah, tried to Ke- sign Keenan Lewis. Derek Cox wasn't an injury problem, but getting Keenan Lewis over Derek Cox was was a nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, they missed out on Paul Kruger, who's kind of mediocre for the Browns. Um, yeah. So I mean, they've been they've been pretty lucky, and it's starting to it's Kruger. starting to. Hey, Ruger. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the unfortunate thing. I mean, I've heard Mickey Loomis say this, where you know, when you when you're like this against the cap, it puts more of a you know more pressure to hit on the guys you do invest in. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously it's one season, so I'm not ready to call Jairus Bird a bust, and we don't know how he'll recover from this, and maybe next year he'll play 16 games and be a superstar, and, and they're it's kinda like it locked. never happens. I mean, Andrew, they're kind of locked in. They're not going to – there's going to be – I mean, we always joke that Loomis math, Loomis math, but it's going to be – I mean, they're kind of locked in with this roster pretty much. I mean, I know you haven't looked at it, but it, they're kind of 
locked in now, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know. The thing about some of these deals is, is it's hard to predict because you never know what kind of cap, you know, a lot of times these, these deals are very light in year one, and then they can almost cut the guy in year two before he gets some big roster bonus yeah. um, and save some money. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say that there's any chance that Bird would get cut um, before next year just to, to save that, that cap hit and that money. Um, but, um, you know, I, at this point, I wouldn't expect I, – I wouldn't say anything is for sure. Yeah. As far as next year is concerned, when you've got when you're in a cap situation like it is, I mean, look at this offseason, Lance Moore, Darren Sproles. I mean, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. I think they'd reload. I certainly think they would add high end talent, but I don't think anybody's necessarily safe besides Breeze and Graham. Yeah. Kevin, is this pass rush hopeless? I feel like <laughs> if they can't get it going against Tampa at home, then it's not going to happen. It's like that novel I've been I've been saying I'm gonna write. It's just not gonna happen. The speed of love. Yeah. <laughs> A one-handed journey. Not going there. Nope. Staying away. <laughs> Staying away. Not if I not if I not if I beat you with my with my novel first. <laughs> Will pa- of Iron. Is that gonna, is that gonna be posted on Hakeem Dress the Ball? And the pages will be stuck together. Uh, you know, I mean, the thing about the pass rush, man, is that they're they're doubling Cam Jordan every time. In fact, at one point in the Bucks game, I saw him triple team. I saw a guard and a tackle shade over to the right and block him. That makes it worse. Like, and then I and then I saw a running back over there too. That so, makes it worse, though, Andrew. Because well, no, but I'm saying obviously teams are saying seeing that that works. They're seeing that okay, let's just concentrate all our efforts on him. Let's let's put one guy on Galette and well yeah we'll take the risk you know that he beats our guy and Galette has th- three sacks in five games I mean it's not awful it's not great but I mean that three sacks in five games averages what nine and a half over the course of a season so you know if Galette has nine and a half sacks this year we would all say yep sounds about right so I don't think Galette's underperforming that much I think the real problem is the Saints are getting no pocket pressure so you know when when you're you're putting all that effort to the right side in, in trying to stop Cam Jordan, then that's when you've got to be able to collapse the pocket. And you've got to be able to bring pressure up front because, you know, guys like Akeem Hicks are getting one-on-one. And so that, that, that's the guy to me that in pass rushing situations. And then when Glenn Foster has come in and Tyron Walker have come in, these rotational guys, those are the guys that are not beating their guys one-on-one. Well, Fatty returned this week. Um, John Jenkins. John Jenkins. How'd he good. look, Andrew? He looked fatty Arbuckle. He he looked really good. He looked really good. I thought the effort was good. I mean, you, you, he didn't make any tackles, but you could just see if you watch the game and you watch the tape, like he's moving the pile. He's eating space. I mean, that's this is well, what they signed him. This is what they drafted well, him for. And he, he just exactly has to stand there and he eats space. Well, here's. Well, I here's, just don't understand why Brandon D- Dedrick was playing. Like, I, honestly, man. like if John Jenkins is giving this kind of effort every week. What I've seen from Dedrick isn't 50% of what Jenkins gives this team. Case in point, they go up against Doug Martin. They hold the Bucks to like 60 yards on the ground, 3.2 a carry. I mean, he just needs to be in there, period. Kevin, this this is my crazy theory, and you shoot it down. I like the fact that John Jenkins, they said that he had weight issues, and that's why he was inactive for a couple of games and he didn't make the trip to <laughs> Dallas. I like that because here's my theory. When you have fat guy defensive tackles, the good ones, they always go between like just fat enough to be effective and sometimes they go over into like Grady Jackson area of being too fat. But you need Day to be, off, I'm starving. You need to be like in the Norman Hand level where like you're good and sometimes you're too fat and it, it's a it's a it's a constant struggle. Like that's the kind of fat guy that I hope he's gonna be. The struggle is real, Ralph. The struggle is real. Um, Strugs. Strugs I mean, population, I, John Jenkins. I mean, is Norman Hand really the guy we want to use as an example? I mean, Norman Hand, Norman Hand was grossly obese. I mean, it, I mean, it, it looked like they you were – Speak it, ill of the dead, man? Come on. That's probably why he's dead. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they, they fucking took two Norman Hand jerseys 
stapled them together at the shoulders and then put it on him like uh, like fucking Mike Tyson putting those towels on back in the early 80s. When well, he was shit, no, Norman Hand was nothing compared to Grady Jackson. Grady Jackson was a – I mean, Grady Jackson was pushing 400. <laughs> he was, Grady Jackson might be the – Fattest Saint or Jonathan Jonathan Sullivan was. I think, yeah, how I think did, how Grady did, Jackson is the fattest NFL player ever, ever. <laughs> period. Uh, who else was fat Saints? He had Pig Goff. He wasn't fat. Hollis Thomas. How big was he? Oh, Hollis Thomas. He's that, yeah, that's he another guy. He was good. He was a good. Yeah, fat. but he was he was good fat. He was good fat. Yeah, he was. And he wore SpongeBob pajamas. <laughs> He was mo- he was a uh, he was a polysat no wait actually what what what's the good fat mono mono yeah mono. yeah he was a mono saturated fat uh, wasn't P- Pio Sagapulatelli was kind of fat wasn't he was fat too fat guys, <laughs> fat guys. like you, you you need you need the quality fat guy that's just on the line of being obese and can't play it's like it's like the Nintendo hockey game remember that you guys ever played the original yes yeah. you had the little guy, yeah. the skinny guy the medium guy and the fat guy you always need one fat guy because he was the guy that would take the rip the slap shot yeah you know he would rip the slap shot and if the skinny guy ever accidentally ran into him it was all over <laughs> <laughs> ah, good times uh you know it's like Tony Saragusa he's annoying as hell now on Fox, but when he played with the Ravens, he was a good fat guy. You know? Plug up the mm-hmm. middle. Uh, Andrew, the Saints cut their fourth round draft pick today. Forte. Yep. Um, it's not Forte. Forte. I wish they had Matt Forte. Oh, what is it? Fort. It's just Fort. Fort. All right, so how many how many names how many names is that on? Make the... them, trying to make them all French and shit. You should shit. have a ding every time I butcher a name. <laughs> Seriously, oh, yeah. you you should make you and you Dick should, should pull up the numerical roster and make Ralph read every Saints name on the roster, and you'd probably get fifty percent wrong. <laughs> I would say that's low, Andrew. I would say I would say you're I would say like um, it'd be upwards of seventy percent. But Aaron Andrews butchered, butchered a bunch of names Sunday and. She's yeah, but she's cute, big... so she's allowed to. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys? She's hear a lot cuter. Than what me. was it, Vicario? Yeah. Oh, Dick Stockton. They need to put him out the pasture. He's. Just... <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Speaking. Speaking of taking to a farm upstate. He needs to be. They need to take yeah. that. They need to take that guy. I mean, when you have. Meacham can drive. Like. I think, <laughs> I think they are the announcer. Like Dick Stockton is when Fox forgets that there's a game, and they're like. The Saints are playing Tampa. We need to get a team to, to broadcast that game. Get get Stockton. Get him. Get him there. Get him on the red eye. God. I mean, I was this is bad. I, I mean, that's a te- like. And then they go down to the lobby and and they and they pick up the uh they knock down the pillow fort that Dick Stockton's built for himself. <laughs> and they just and and they shake him to wake up. And he's like, I'm cold. Wolves are after me. What? You need me to go to a game? All right, can I finish? Can I go outside and yell at the clouds first? Matt Tom Dempsey's going to make a field goal today. I feel it in my pocket. I, I, tur- I turned the TV on like six minutes before kickoff, and prior to kickoff, they got in a Jarius Bird and a Vicario, Kenny Vicario. And you were like, Ralph made it to the big time. Right. <laughs> um, so, Ralph, is that you? It is, yeah, exactly. Um, Andrew. Interesting idea by Nick from the ad, the Baton Rouge Advocate or the New Orleans Advocate. I don't know what they call it. New Orleans. Uh, he said the Saints should rush Cam Jordan and Gallette from the same side. Mm-hmm. Is that feasible to do, and what is the downside? Downside is that Cam Jordan is would go up against bigger blockers. It would be harder for him, um, especially from the interior. When you're on the edge, you can kind of use a multitude of moves. You can use your speed. You can use your strength. And, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. And he's so versatile that he he can. You want him to have his full array, his full arsenal of of abilities. And you're kind of one-dimensional pass rushing when you kind of get in the interior. And he's a little bit lighter in the pads, so going up against the bigger guard is tough. Um, but but I think right now he's he's seeing doubles every single time. So it, it's not a bad idea, honestly. I mean, I don't think the Saints should be doing it every time by any means. But, you know, if they get in third and seven, it's definitely a wrinkle they need to throw in there because uh, then he gets the single blocking and, and you've got Gallette right next to him. So all of a sudden that kind of heightens the importance 
of shifting focus that way. And then, you know, you put a guy like Glenn Foster, who, you know, we, we still think he can rush, or maybe this Etabali guy who is supposed to be a decent pass rusher, and uh, maybe they can get pressure from the backside and, and get a sack. Dave, fun right, let, me, let me just say, it's going to be a long season defensively if, if the good ideas are coming from Nick Underhill and they're not coming from Rob Ryan himself. There's a yep. real problem if, if a fucking newspaper reporter <laughs> well, is thinking outside the box and coming up with well, the ideas I mean, that the Saints the, need to be doing. Fuck the, Jesus this, the, if they don't get a pass rush there, they, they got to do something. I mean, they, they, they're okay, but it should be the not... fucking coaches coming up with these goddamn ideas. It shouldn't be Nick fucking Underhill. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. Uh, Next, they're going to start listening to Stu. Ken Vaccaro. Oh God, you stop right there. <laughs> Kevin, Kenny Vaccaro looked actually really good Sunday for stretches. I thought. Um, should the Saints? Is he the best player? Who right now on the Saints defense can break the turnover drought of the century? And don't Patrick stick, Robinson. Don't you? Well, stick? yeah. I mean, shit. You stole my answer, Dave. <laughs> it already uh, happened. Yeah, Pat, yeah, yeah. Clearly, it's Patrick Robinson. It's P. Rob. Oh. Put all can your hopes and dreams, P. Rob. Can we give him credit that 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 pass that he it was sick. It was sick. Col- Col- Colston, Meacham, uh, Cooks, none of them would have caught that ball. Somehow Patrick Robinson came down with the he looked- his body. He got himself underneath the ball. He stretched out. He was he was like Matrix flying backwards, and he still came down with it. He the, his game Sunday, and I'm being serious, Andrew. His game Sunday was you looked at it and you're like. Oh yeah, that's why he got drafted number one. Like you could yeah. see, like you could see the physical talents and why teams. Like. I'm just, I'm still pissed. The Saints don't have two interceptions now because how, how the hell did Junior Gallet not hang on to that football? Oh yeah, I know. he was thinking about all his basketballs. Oh, his beard got in the way. <laughs> uh, Kevin, fun question. Uh, the Saints are off this week, of course, but. Sunday night, will the will anyone in the NFC South have a winning record? <laughs> Wait, what are the records? Uh, Atlanta's two and three, and in hosting the Bears. And nope, they're not Ca- winning. Carolina's going to Cincinnati. They might. Uh, you know what? I think Cincinnati is going to be kind of pissed after getting shellacked by New England, and I, I, I can see them fucking up Carolina. Yeah, the Especially th- if they're at home, I can see them dropping 35 easy. And Carol- people, if, if I'm sure everybody here, you know, that they're on Twitter and they might follow Atlanta, but follow, like, the Falcoholic and different Atlanta people, because if you think Saints fans are freaking out, Atlanta fans were having discussions today on Twitter about Nick Saban. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, they are – Andrew, I don't know if you've seen them. They are a shit show. I mean, their defense – I'm gonna. I'm just going to say it. Their defense is way worse than the Saints' defense. Uh, well, well, it wasn't in week one. Barely. I mean, if you, do, if you do the Jim Hazlitt trick and take out the Atlanta game, the Saints' defense would be 10th. <laughs> don't you mind know, it. I mean, I just think, I just think, (laughs) (laughs) fucking Jim Hazlitt, (laughs) Rick Venturi, what? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh, I mean, Atlanta's defense is terrible, no doubt. It's the worst. It's terrible. Uh, But I mean, Dave, you said last week that you were pretty convinced that somebody in the NFC South would get to nine or ten wins. And I said yeah. that was that was crazy talk. And after yeah. Sunday, I'm even more convinced. No, it'll be either the Saints or it'll be the Panthers. But yeah, somebody will get. You know, the you know, I gotta I gotta throw this. First of all, let's rejoice a little. Let's be happy about a ridiculous win. I mean, it was a terrible game. It was. It was sloppy, but the Saints won in overtime. Walk off. I mean, the, the run by Kyrie Robinson was ridiculous. Pierre Thomas's play, incredible. It was the and, Andrew. It was the happiest moment of the football season for me since LSU beat Wisconsin. Yeah, by a country mile. And um, you know, I, the angry Houdat tweeted something, uh, which I read right before I blocked him. Um, but <laughs> oh, he's uh, blocked too. Yeah, he's blocked too. But uh, he 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 tweeted something that I fully agree with, which was basically, um, you know, hey. 
if you can't get excited about a walk-off overtime win against a division rival, regardless of how you played, regardless of how the teams looked up to this point in the season, if you can't get behind that and get excited about that, then you're you probably need to pick a different hobby to get, you know, just a healthier hobby. Well, um, and I fully agree with that. I mean, it, look, we're Saints fans. This is what we do on Sundays. And if you can't get amped up after that, then, um, you know, look, it's it might be time for you to think about something else. <laughs> that is true. I and mean, then you blocked them. And then, you, and then I blocked we'll them. We'll get yeah. to that when we get to Twitter questions. Um, but I mean, well, let me, let me, let's, 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 it's, it's, it's 845. Let's, let's get to the, let's get to some of these Twitter questions. Um, Kevin, what this is from Hudat Alley Cat. What insane theories do you have about the the departure of Kyrie Ford? Uh, I didn't even know he was on the team. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you the Cliff Notes version, Kevin. Ford was the fourth round pick of the Saints this year. Yes, he got, he got banged up in training camp. They put him on IR with the possibility to return. And, right, and they could have left him on there for I think one or two more weeks. Uh, but so they, week eight, I think. Yeah, and they made the decision to just go ahead and cut him. And when they did that, I was assuming that they would try to stash him maybe on the practice squad, so he'd be available to call up sooner if they needed him or whatever. Uh, but the Bengals ended up claiming him off waivers today, and so now he's a member of the Bengals. Yeah. So our fourth round draft choice is now gone with no compensation. Mm. Another question from uh, Houdat Alley Cat. How much money do I have to donate to get Angry Houdat back as a guest on the podcast? Uh, $6 million. You can pay in installments. No, just kidding. Uh, we'll have Angry Houdat. I like him. I mute him occasionally on Twitter because he gets a little angry. But we'll have him. If the Saints in Atlanta are playing for first place December 21st, we'll have him on because his Atlanta hate is delightful. Um, it's top notch. It is. Uh, Andrew, why did you block Breeziest and Angry Houdat? Breeziest and, and Jompled. And Jompled, yeah. And, uh, and Jacob Roland. I think there's about four of them, maybe four or five. You were having a block party. Yeah, I was having a block party. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, nothing specific. The, there was no one thing. It was just a, a general uh, – it was time for, you know, a lot of negativity in my mentions, a lot of condescending comments. And, you know, it was, it was just merely about making my quality of life on Twitter, you know, a little better. Ain't nobody yeah. got time for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, here's one from the Lamb of God. You're nothing personal. <laughs> he said, no soccer nothing talk. Personal. You're just fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Lamb of God asked, no soccer talk this week then, question mark. Perhaps next road game. No, Lamb of God. I'm going to do 30 seconds on Everton, and Andrew's going to do 30 seconds on PSG. Here's 30 seconds on Everton. Their defense is worse than the goddamn Saints defense. They are such a train wreck on defense. They're number, eight, they're number 18 in the Premier League, which means they're pretty close to the relegation zone. They are in the relegation zone. What's that? They are in the relegation zone. Because of what happened yesterday. They need to get their shit together. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Andrew, 30 seconds on PSG. Yeah, uh, well, PSG beat Barcelona 3-2 last week, and uh, I've been a PSG fan my whole life pretty much since I was a Saints fan, and I used to go to all the games when I lived in France. And, um, you know, I'll just say this. If I were going to give it an equivalent, uh, that was a big moment, probably the biggest just, just regular season win for PSG in a group stage match that I've ever witnessed as a fan. I would equate it to the Saints maybe beating Montana and the 49ers back in that era in like a week 17 matchup with the winner clinching the division. Wow. It felt like that. Yeah. Uh, another question. This is for you, yeah, Dave. Back should, to football. Should Drew, Jimmy, and Junior's contracts be restructured and the remainder given to P- Pierre Thomas? Dave, your thoughts. <laughs> He uh, saved their fucking ass Sunday. I would, I mean, would I love if would I love to see that happen? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Pierre Thomas deserves everything uh, in the world. Is that going to happen? No, of course not. But uh, Pierre is by is far and away and has been since since he beat out uh, what's his face in two thousand seven. Antonio uh, Pittman. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, he has he has always been Look my at favorite Kevin. Player. Of the four of us, Kevin is the one know, that comes up with that. I know. <laughs> right, I know, because in 2007, I wrote, I remember writing on Hakeem Drops the Ball, what the fuck? <laughs> Who is this Pierre Thomas guy? Right. All right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Peter Thomas is great. He's great on the field, obviously, and he's 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 equally as great off the field. Um, yeah, no no seven-person orgies in a hotel for him. Ooh, I know. Uh, I know. Can I can, – can Adrian no, Peterson's straight. family adopt me, by the way? Can I be his little brother, please? No shit, huh? <laughs> I mean, he must be a terrible guy because they, they – they, people had to have known all that stuff about him, and they were just waiting to drop that character piece on him. Not that it's not true. But I mean, he must—he must really rub the media in Minneapolis wrong for that. It's—I don't even think it's that. Let, listen, as as the guy who actually works in the media, um, Ralph sort of does. No, I do not. He doesn't collect. He doesn't collect money though from. I don't. Um, they don't pay you. Here, no. Here's the king deal. cakes, Dave. King cakes. Yeah, and I never got a fucking king cake. Um, <laughs> here's the deal about the media. We are too busy worrying about ratings, sales, Clicks. all this other all, right, all this other bullshit to to actually do a lot of hard news. And then and then finally And lazy, when, don't forget lazy. Yeah, well well yeah, I mean that's the nice way of I mean that's the blunt way of saying it. Um but when somebody fucks up royally and just opens themselves up in front of you to the sort of uh, ridicule or closer examination that somebody like Adrian Peterson or, or the Ray Rice situation would, then the media's, you oh, know... Oh, yeah, I remember the Ray Rice situation. <laughs> hey. The media just goes full bore. They feed. Right, That's exactly. It's, 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 it's like, look, we're too busy looking, uh, trying to figure out clickbait and, and what's going to make people tune in for that day, and it's and it's... It's puff pieces, it's this, it's that, but then when something really just falls in our lap or or, or, or when it's just low-hanging fruit, when it requires very little effort or, or maybe or maybe a little bit of effort or, or, or like a lot of effort, but the, but the reward is going to be instant and it's going to be right there, that's You're when we spring. All right, next question. Uh Kevin. So when I'm so when I tell you that I'm fired next week, you'll know why. <laughs> this is from Reichert, Kevin. He says, "What saint is most likely to go turly on Indomik and Sue's helmet after and get a suspension when uh when uh Sue Austin, cheap shots breeze?" Austin Johnson. Austin Johnson looks. Austin Johnson looks like <laughs> he his. <laughs> Neck, his neck looks like uh, I, 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 I have no analogy here. Like his head just, his head and neck are just like fused together in an <laughs> awkward way. And he looks, I don't want to say like a mouth breather, but he looks like a guy that just has he's no, no Tom Crabtree. Right, he's no Tom Crabtree, but he looks like a guy that has no problem. Punching a guy with his helmet on. He has no problem going back to prison. Is what you're saying. Right. Um, but Andrew and Dave, do you agree with that? That Austin Johnson would, Austin, would be the if, guy? If, if Indomitian 2 does a cheap shot on Breeze, like Austin Johnson would be the guy that would like toss the helmet. I, I don't know. Did you see Drew that one game where he fought back? Yeah. And uh, Drew, that, Drew himself might be the guy who I retaliate. <laughs> <laughs> Jews a man. He can fight his own battles. <laughs> Andrew? Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Hill. He's got that kind of crazy cross tattoo on his arm, and which makes him look religious. Ooh, but sleeper he's pick. maybe got a, yeah, a little bit of psycho in him, maybe. Yeah, it's too bad we don't have Shocky. Yeah, Shocky would ruin some shit, right? Uh, all right, this is a... Um, Shocky would be a problem sh- on this team. <laughs> I wonder what Shocky's doing right now as we speak. He's running a train. We should, we, should, the locomotive. We, we should invite him on the podcast we should oh my there's, god there's a 50 percent chance he would come on yeah i'd say it's you don't need to do that it's probably higher than that did i ever tell you guys that i was close to having shocky write for canal street chronicles 
he had a friend who emailed me and his friend was like saying, yeah, Jeremy wants to do this, blah, 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 blah. And, but it never panned out. I, I it was, it was a really bizarre situation, but mm-hmm. I really thought it might happen. Maybe you need to fire that back up, Dave. <laughs> Does anybody really care what Shocky has to say? Yeah. I do. Absolutely. I, I, I want to, I want the Chronicles of Shocky on Canal Street Chronicles. <laughs> All right. This is a round the horn question from, from Dylan. Beats the hell out of Stujo's pieces. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. This is from Dylan. <laughs> I'll start with you, Andrew. What is the best and worst case scenario for the 2014 Saints? And how dangerous can the Saints be if they get hot? Uh, best case scenario, well, I mean, look, they're one game out of first place. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think. It, the division feels weak right now. So whoever whoever improves the most, Sean Payton said this today on the Rich Eisen podcast. He, he, he said he felt like, you know, it's really all three, all four teams aren't playing that well right now. And it's kind of whoever makes the statement and corrects their mistakes and improves the best out of the four um, is going to be the one that wins the division. And so it's still there for the taking. I, I think the ceiling is the Saints win the division and they make the playoffs and they host a wild card game. Um, so I, I still think that's that's in front of them. That's a possibility. Now this game was huge. They had to win this one, but now they're two and three. Um, they're going through a tough part of the schedule. I, so I think that, that's the worst case is you know they kind of go through the schedule, they run a gauntlet and just get annihilated. You know, and I think it really starts with that Packers game at home. Worst case, we'll go. Yeah, I mean I could say I mean this defense going up against Aaron Rodgers, I, I could see worst case you know they a 56 point. I'll put by the Packers, and then that just sends them into a tailspin, and they win five, six games all year. Kevin, best worst case scenario. Uh, worst case scenario, four and twelve. Best case scenario. There's eight, no way. That, there's no way they're winning only two more games. The only, if not, if number nine, worst case scenario. Technically, worst nine, case scenario would be case two scenario and fourteen. If number nine is playing. Right. Um. Best case scenario, I'm going to say eight and eight. They win the division, but get trucked at home. I, I can't get behind that. There's no way that they're winning more than eight games. No, th- under any scenario. No. I... <clears throat> Wait, you don't think they're winning more than eight games? Kevin doesn't apparently. No. Best case scenario. Wow. Dave, best case scenario. They have the no. They have the number one offense in the NFL. I know, and they're still two and three. They're, <laughs> they're fucking running. The, the running game looks phenomenal, finally. Phenomenal. In spite of the fact that in spite of the fact that Sean Payton, in spite of the fact that Sean Payton probably wakes up with wood after dreaming of an offense that's just pass, 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 pass. Well, pass. okay, okay. And so here, here's here's a, I agree I agree with that, Kevin. Here's the thing I'm gonna say, like as far as a silver lining thing, I think we've seen enough of the Saints now that we kind of know what they are. They they do a great job at not getting penalized so far. They they they're low on penalties. They are running the football as well as we've ever seen them do it under Sean Payton, and their defense is kind of awful, and that's what we know they are. So at some and, and Drew Brees is efficient, but he's not vertical at this point. So I, I would love at some point for the Saints to embrace what they are and and just start to become a power running team. You know, kind of embrace this running game that and and that's going to help them keep games close if their defense continues to struggle, and, and maybe they just start to grind these games out. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with Andrew. I mean, I mean, as even though they have the best running game in the NFL statistically, they could still be running it more and they could still be, uh, you know, keeping it on the ground more. And, you know, I, I looked at Drew's numbers through five games and then through 11 games. And, you know, the 2009 season was was Drew's best year. And of course, it was the year that he threw the the fewest passes because the running game was working for them. And it just, it just blows my mind that they can actually have such a successful running game and still not use it to its fullest potential. I mean, it drives me nuts late in that game on Sunday. I felt like they should have still, they should have been running it more. They should have been running it more. And I I just, it's just Sean Payton. It's just not in his DNA. He, he, he just cannot, he, he, well, he won't allow himself to run the ball more than they pass the ball. And it, it just it kind of drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. I would cut down on turnovers. I'll tell you that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you have a you have a quarterback. I mean, you talk. You're in the middle of a game. You have a quarterback who has thrown three fucking interceptions, and and uh, one of them is a pick six. He's getting a lot of pressure. Your running game is clicking. You have Pierre Thomas doing what he does best, and you're still fucking passing the ball. How hard headed is Sean Payton? It boggles my mind. I don't get it. And every fucking off season, he says we're gonna run the ball more. You know, we we find we see how well we do and we do that. Blah blah blah. And he still he doesn't even. Well, they're they're definitely they're definitely himself. running they're definitely running the ball more though. He's I, I would say, enough. yeah, it's not see, enough, but it's more. I agree. I, I, but I, I, yeah, I think. I look, I think crazy. part of the part of the problem here too is it's the receivers. The play of the receivers has been. I mean, you could say Cooks looks like he's pretty good and he's going to get better hopefully. But Colson, he's been pretty awful. Stills has barely done anything. Meacham, he isn't even catching a pass in these games. So I just think right now the Saints at receiver. And I don't think that's on Breeze. I just think his receivers are, are not playing well, and, and they're kind of not that good. Yeah, Kenny Stills, I know he got injured in training camp, but he's regressed. I'm going to say – I mean, just look at who who's making all the plays in the passing game after Jimmy Graham went down. It was freaking Josh Hill, Ben Watson, and Pierre Thomas. Ooh. Those were the guys catching passes. Yeah, not good. I'm going to say best-case scenario is 10-6, and six, and the Saints are the third seed, and they avoid Seattle – and you would get absolute best scenario, ten and six. You host Carson Palmer in the Superdome, and you get to go to Dallas the second week. That would be the absolute best case scenario. I know Dallas just trucked them, but I would take another swing at Tony Romo in that state. Like that to me would be the best case scenario. Worst case scenario, six and ten. You know, uh, God, we have Andrew. Do you have questions? Uh, have you checked the uh, the podcast account? No, I have not. Yeah, you never do that. Oh, let's see. <laughs> I know I don't. Let me check. Oh man. All right. It looks like you read some of these. I read. Um, mo- I read most of them. I think. Oh, here's a good question. Uh, this is from last week. I missed it. I forgot who asked it. Kevin, is it time for Sean Payton to redo the funeral that he did in 2007, where he buried everything from 2006? As like actually, well, actually, it's funny you mention that, and I'm glad circumstances worked out. This was quite serendipitous. Uh, I don't think it would be. I think it would be uncouth for him to do that now, seeing as how uh, Tony Sperano Tony Sperano just did it for the Raiders to bury their shitty start. So. I mean, they didn't even have any fucking trophies or awards to, to bury. I, I, don't, I think he just turned some dirt <laughs> over. Tracks something. through Al Davis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got, I got some good questions here. Okay. You guys ready? Yeah. All right, No Lemonade asks, what, if any, fireworks can we expect from Reggie's first game going against the Saints? Oh, I didn't even think about that. I want to hear what Kevin has to say about that. Hmm. I almost think none. I'm so kind of. Kinda... You think Reggie will be awful? He's kind of banged I mean, up. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got he, the Marlboro fantasy stink on him. I, right. I gotta say, I'm gonna little... feel really, I'm gonna feel really cheated if the Saints play Reggie Bush and don't get a fumble from him. <laughs> <laughs> or if he always stays in bounds. Or at least, or at least a back. Yeah, if he's extremely like a north. Punt, back. A punt return where he loses like seven yards on the return. Yeah, I don't think uh, Golden Tate does punts for them though. Yeah, but still, I mean, just <sighs> there, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just think it's just gonna be pretty ho hum, uh, nothing, nothing crazy, and I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the Lions just got got their guts ripped out this past week. Schwartz so... got carried off the field. Right. And I I don't know. I, I just feel like they're going to be – that's going to carry over probably the, the, this week and depend on – and if they lose this, I, I think they could start spiraling out of control. They got zombie coach. Right. Uh, next question, Andrew. Uh, Hans Peterson, our good friend, asks, can Drew Brees reduce slash be coached out of the 
badly forced pass interception. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think Drew knows knows what he's doing wrong, and I think Drew's smart enough to self coach himself. I guess you, you could say. Um, you know, it's it's difficult though because I feel like these the mistakes that he's making they're in the heat of the moment kind of plays and they require, you know, a a split second thinking. Um, So it's tough, Uh, but uh, he, he can certainly improve. Yeah. He needs to stop turning a grease fire into a house fire. Yeah, exactly. Um, Pouring water on it. Just take the sack, Drew. I mean, just take the sack. And he knows. Live to see another day. Yeah. Yeah. Next question, Andrew. Uh, let's see. Uh, Monadula wants to know what's the first thing that pops into your mind when he says Joe Morgan. Baseball. The, f- the fire Joe Morgan blog. <laughs> Blackout drunk. Yeah, I, I I see Earhart Expressway. I see a car parked on the side of Earhart <laughs> Expressway. Next question. Actually, I always see SpongeBob SquarePants because that's what he says every morning when he wakes up. Do you guys think we're at the point where we should try Joe Morgan out as the kick returner and punt returner? I'm yes. at the point where I'll try out yes. Joe, who's sitting in row three. That's why he, Andrew, that's a great point. That's why he made the team originally. He didn't yep. he run back a punt in the preseason. Yep. And and a kickoff or something like yeah, that. Like, like yes. Two. Yes. I'm will. I'm will. Andrew, it's so bad. I'm willing to risk it. I'm willing. I'm willing to risk a fumble on the kickoff or a fumbled punt. It's that bad. I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, that's about it. All right. Um, we don't have since we don't have. Uh... Oh, oh. Uh, Super Saiyan Saint wanted to know what what kind of dress did Kenny Stills make Brandon Cooks wear? Oh, I don't know. That that seems like a Kevin question. Yeah. Wait. Re- repeat that. What kind of dress did Kenny make who wear? Brandon Cooks. Uh, probably something sheer. <laughs> Gear and low cut. Uh, uh, something with a plunging neckline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing all the wide receivers just hanging out doing this and like Colston standing there like, what the fuck are y'all doing? All right. Uh, and Matt Ryan walks in. Final, final. Hey, boys. <laughs> final question from me and then we'll get the hell out of here. And I'll start with you, Kevin. Um. If Atlanta or Carolina are both playing this weekend, so what team do you enjoy watching lose more? Oh, I'm not, not going to say who you'd want to lose because Carolina's Atlanta. three and two, but but who do you enjoy watching Atlanta. lose more? Atlanta. Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta. that's such an easy question. Atlanta. 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 I mean, Atlanta God, could be zero five right give now. Give us something thought provoking, Ralph. It was thought provoking when I thought of it, but then I was like, <laughs> I thought, well, who would you, who do, you, if you could pick one of them, who do you want to lose, Atlanta or Carolina? And then I thought, no, Carolina's three and two. Of course, you, everybody would answer Carolina. You know what? I'll, I will give you this. Between Riverboat Ron's stupefied, dumbfounded <laughs> look on his face when his team's losing versus Mike Smith's bloodshot red face <laughs> melting down i gotta say those two are pretty priceless i have to say i, I think it's probably more likely that's a Car- close call i i think it's more likely that carolina loses than because they're playing at cincinnati and cincinnati is going to be pissed like kevin said and cutler's sort of in a free fall but i have to say man if atlanta i, I think cutler's going to torch the falcons i mean if i it, think if Atlanta goes to two and four, man, they're gonna be fucking panicked because, I mean, at least the same. I mean, if the Saints go to Detroit and, and go to two and four, we'll be panicked too. But we're not coming off of, of a horrible, shitty season. You know, it's true. I mean, if they go to if if they go to two and four, I think we need to have the Falcoholic on to talk. Uh, Mike Smith getting fired mid-season. Hmm. You guys, I mean, I think Mike Smith is done. You think? If he, so? If they if they lose that game, I don't think he'll be fired after the game. I, you know, I think he'll make it through the season or maybe deeper into the season. But I think for all intents and purposes, if if they if they lose that game at home, drop to two and four, I confidently say Mike Smith does not make it through the season. It's over for him. <laughs> no, they won't fire him during the season. They might no. fire him after. The no, no, no. I'm saying at the end of the year. 
he, he won't make it. If they go to two and four, they will not they will not rebound this season, and Mike Smith will be done. Well, on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna be riveted watching Atlanta play Chicago. That's gonna it's gonna be my that's gonna be my appointment viewing for Sunday on the Sunday ticket. But uh, on that note, go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave will have open threads and different th- Saints things during the week. Uh, Andrew has his grades up. Uh, you know he's 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 drinking and grading the Saints defense every week. Uh, he's doing the Lord's work. You should. Uh, Give him clicks. And Kevin is on Twitter. So, um, for Andrew, for Dave, Kevin, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us. Until next week, be safe. Buy my shirt. What? Buy my shirt? What's that?